Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Do me a favor, stand with me. I want to read a portion of scripture to you uh, in our series entitled Favor. And all throughout this series, I'm trying to really uh, communicate to you that as God looks at you, he looks through the eyes of favor. That's a little bit challenging maybe for you to realize because you know you. You know what you've done, the things you've said, the wrongs you've been involved with, and it's hard to imagine that God would look out over the balcony of heaven into your life, having chosen you, selected you, accepted you. He is welcoming you. He values you. He enjoys you. He's endorsed you. He's supporting you. He wants to partner with you. He wants to empower you, to endow you, and to give you an advantage in every step you take. It's hard to imagine that. If in your heart and in your mind, you see God as angry with you or constantly allowing bad things to happen to judge you, it's hard to imagine this to be the case when in our minds we, we feel like we deserve so little based on who we are. But God doesn't deal with us based on who we are in this lifetime, in this New Testament experience we're having because Jesus came and gave his life so that God could see you through a vantage point as having everything washed away because of what Jesus did. Now there's still judgment to come down the road but as God deals with people in the world that we're living in in the New Testament, unlike the Old Testament, God sees you through the work that Jesus did. Now, it's not hard to imagine God looking at his son and feeling pleasure and being overwhelmed and cheering. It's easy to picture that. But if it's easy to picture that, that's why you need to be able to picture that same favor as being directed at you. Because if you can catch a grasp of this, a glimpse of this, it will cause you to lean forward in life to embrace the things that God has for you. Your posture is everything. That was the first week we talked about this topic. If your posture is defensive towards God, it's hard for you to embrace the things that he has for you. In fact, it's quite hard to embrace him. You ever try to go in for a hug for somebody who doesn't like hugs? It's like, ah! And they're, ah! Is it possible that in your life, that's how you're living life, and God's trying to lean in while you're leaning out because your posture is one of thinking he's angry. Now, this great scripture uh, that we can see here um, in Genesis chapter 37, verses 3 through 4, it's a story about a son who had favor with his father. It says, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. God doesn't favor you more than anyone else, but he favors each of you insanely and with a high volume and a high temperature. And he does not have to, like an earthly father would take away from others to give to one, God is able to overwhelm each of us with his favor in different ways, but with an equal, un amazing intensity. But in this case, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. And I just want to talk to you this morning uh, along the lines of the weight of favor. Because I, I get it. God favors me. 
This week, I had a couple things going on that were pretty serious, and, uh, and, and I'm telling you, I, the favor that I experienced in the last couple of months in some endeavors that I was involved in, if I were to write a storybook, I don't think I would have been bold enough to put down some of the details in the book writing about myself. And yet, as I stepped into a couple of these situations, I felt like I was wearing a coat of favor. That's how I get up every morning. I, I remind myself, there's a coat of favor on you. And no matter where I go, I believe that that favor is there and we carry that into where we're, where we're living. Now, honestly, with wearing that coat, I also experienced some pushback. There's a weightiness to it. There's, there's some things that come with that that are maybe not expected because as Pastor Rowena said, in this world, you'll have trouble but you overcome. Why? Because you have favor, but you fight your way through. But if you know you have favor, it gives you confidence in the fight. It's rigged. I'm going to take a few punches, but we're going to win this thing. So take your hand, place it over your heart. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your favor over all of our lives. And I pray for the one who maybe is struggling to really believe that, to step into it, to pray with that assumption that you are excited to hear from them and can't wait to get involved with a prayer request. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to see that truth, their identity in Christ. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And in heaven, there is no lack. God, you are not stingy. We don't have to pray a thousand prayers to try to move your unwilling hand. You are a good father and you are desiring to see us enjoy all good things. And so we thank you for that. We bless your people. It's in Jesus' name. We step into a moment of hearing your word, and everyone said amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. High five the person next to you. And uh, you can be seated. Uh, before I jump into my message, just want to remind you, we've got a super Saturday coming up on October 22nd. And right here in this room on that morning, we're going to be gathering not only all of you, but some of our other C3 churches. Pastor Drew and Emma, I believe, are going to be here. Pastor Seth and Kaz are coming up. Also, the Crawfords coming up from Newburgh, the C3 churches. And I think our new church out in Hermiston, the pastors are going to be coming from there. And we are going to be hosting with Pastor Simon and Valerie McIntyre, who are the pastors of C3 America. They're going to be here with us, and we're going to enjoy a time of fellowship, a little bit of food, some prayer together, and just lifting up our C3 churches in this region. You all are invited. In fact, I command you all to be there. Okay, <laughs> see how obedient you are. All right, so um, also another exciting thing, our official grand opening of this facility. And... We've been enjoying the facility. We've been dialing it in. We, even this morning when we were laughing, we had some electronic problems that were going on. In their ears, they heard all the music out there. We heard what they were playing, and they did a great job, right? But we're learning some of our technology and some of the stuff like that. But our team has done such a great job navigating forward. And uh, we've got great production team. Addie was, uh, if you ever hear these guys with the headphones and the microphone, they're talking to the people in the room and saying, do this and do that. And she's like a, a train conductor and she's well-wired with the right temperament to conduct the train because she's, she takes a lot after mom, who's a great organizer and stuff like that, and also dad. Takes after dad. Dad, you wrote it all down, what she said. And so, yeah, okay, so it's good. All right, that was awesome. Um, so with that, that's an entire weekend. Now, there is going to be a special uh, Families with Children event on Saturday morning, and then on the evening, we're doing a student and young adult special 
uh, gathering for that age group, but you're all invited, but especially for that age group, Pastor Emma is coming from uh, Hope Village down to speak and right here in the room. She is an amazing speaker, an amazing pastor, and we want to make sure all of you come out for that. Let's support our youth and our young adults. Uh, it's going to be great. Then the next morning, uh, as we do our grand opening ceremony, we're going to be uh, doing a special presentation called a My Story presentation, where uh, Shane and Kim are going to be sharing their story of how they've ended up in this church and, uh, and how, how the Lord has shown up in a pretty profound way in their family and in their business. And so that'll be a part of our grand opening. So it's going to be a great, great weekend. Now, here's the key. We're going to have some handouts and some social media stuff. But if you imagine that just people are going to just magnetically be drawn to this, that's not going to happen that way. But the people that are going to fill this room and turn into double services, triple services in this room is going to happen because you invite your friends and family. And so we'll make some of that social media stuff available where you can share it on your page as we make it available. And you will might have to actually ask someone to come to church. You know, how, you know how I got here? A family invited me to dinner and then invited us to church that was happening after that. Now, he had two daughters, and I was 18 and single. So, you know, there was a... Endless possibilities, right? So I went to church, had no plans of uh, necessarily what was going to happen, but God did. It was the way, the thing that God used to transform my life. I never did date any of those daughters. They are wonderful people. I'm still in, in touch with them on Facebook. I, get, I experienced something even better. The curtain of heaven opened up, and Jesus introduced himself to me and said, I know you. I want you. Come with me. And I said, yes. And I gave my life to the Lord that night. So be used by God in somebody's life and invite them to your house. Invite them to one of these events, and it will be awesome. Okay, so jumping into today's message a little bit farther, this idea of favor and the weight of favor, I don't want to turn any of you off who are just learning to step into this favor. I really want to make sure that you get drafted in. Uh, some of you have been in the types of churches in the past, myself included, where there was such a strong hand of, of pressure that, listen, you don't want to, you don't want to, oh, I don't want to get out of line with God. I, I don't want to miss the will of God. And this idea that there's these exact steps that you've got to ah, take, you know, so that God is pleased with your life. And that it's almost wrong to pray and ask God for what you really want or need. Well, you barely pray for what you need because you feel like, mm, I'm pushing it. You would never pray for what you want because that would just be wrong. Because there's this picture of a stingy father who's borderline angry. The moment that we do something wrong, he's going to snuff us out. And it makes it very, it actually pushes us back into a defensive posture in our relationship with God. And people who are even following Jesus, they get into this mindset, they'll say things like this, oh, I'd be afraid not to tithe. And I've said that statement before, tithing, giving a tenth of your, you know, it's command of God to do that. And I did that, I've done that forever. But the idea, oh, if I didn't do it, oh, oh, the lightning bolts are coming. Oh, okay, I paid it, I'm good. That's why it's not really cheating. It's actually beating the lightning bolt if you use your electronic device. Ain't no way I'm a, I might get in a crash on the way to church. I got to get the, my tithe paid. And I know I'm being a little bit ridiculous, but that is a, a lot of how a lot of us have lived our Christianity. And so for you to begin to understand that 
God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we could even ask or think. I dreamed for greater things for my kids than they can even imagine. I gave um, my children a little bit of money this week. I did it through Venmo, didn't even tell them. One of my children responded, is this a prank? Is this a hoax? Is is this really you, dad? Because they thought they were going to get scammed by somebody who's done something on the internet and pressed this link, and now all of a sudden you have my social security number. Because it's hard to imagine that somebody just would be, even our father, be generous towards us. I want to challenge you to, to work through that. Dream bigger. Because if you can dream that way, then you can approach God in faith. Faith says, in its, in, in its very essence, faith says that God wants more for me than I can even imagine. And I'm not talking about stacks of cash. I'm talking about life. Life abundant includes money, but it includes relationships, physical health. I have people pray this like this all the time, and they get really, this is a complete misunderstanding of the favor of God. Um, well, I, you know, if God doesn't heal me, I can, I can, I can survive with this. And it's, I, maybe it's not his will. There's nobody that approached Jesus for healing that he denied. Nobody in scripture. There isn't. In fact, there were some people he wanted to heal, but he couldn't because they were leaning back saying, I don't know that you could really do that. Because posture means everything. Posture is faith. Leaning forward and embracing God. So for you to be able to lean into that is so important. Now, with that, for those of you who are kind of seasoned in this and you walk in favor, or those of you who are just stepping in, I do want you to understand that when you put this coat on, there is a little bit of weightiness to it. Wear it all the time, though. Get up in the morning and remind yourself, I'm stepping out into the day. My father favors me. He's going to help me at work. He's going to help me with this transaction. I know things aren't looking good in that situation. He's going to give me solutions. I'm going to do what I can, and in the process of doing what I can, he's going to show up and fill in the gap and make up the difference. He's going to work it out, and if this thing doesn't work, he's got something even better, and that's just the mentality that I think we should all walk around. While God has not given us a physical coat like Joseph received, he's placed his Holy Spirit within you. That is like a way better coat. And you can't take that off. I feel like I left the Holy Spirit at home. No, no, no. You, you might not be activated in your, your engaging of the Holy Spirit, but he goes with you every place you go. You ain't pro- There's no can opener on this. Once you say yes to Jesus, his spirit comes into you. you are a wa- you're walking clothed with the spirit of God. And so you carry him into everything that you do. I didn't give you my dad joke. Did you hear about the guy that suddenly evaporated? Yeah, man, that guy is already missed. Um, <laughs> never waste a good joke. That weight that some of you will begin to experience is important to recognize, okay? When you put on, you, you begin to embrace the code of God's favor and carry it in your life and put it on, and see it begin to manifest in the, in the areas of your life, it's going to come with some weightiness. And I want to give you a couple of those so that you're not shocked and it will help you to maybe identify uh, the fact that this is some of the pushback you're getting. Because sometimes we get pushback in life and we're like, oh, where did God go? You're, he's right here. You're, well, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. You are right where you need to be. And the presence of an enemy is proof. 
you know, there is a devil. And you're not dealing with him all the time, but the Bible does say your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion, you know, prowling around looking for whom he may devour. So don't be separated. Don't go to places you shouldn't be. Stay in a pack. Be Have a church family. Be involved with other Christians. I don't mean just attend church. Attending church is not being a part of church family. Being a part of church family is what happens after. It's inviting someone to your world and you going to someone else's world and us doing life together. Okay, you got to be intentional about that. If you, well, nobody invited me to their house. How about you invite somebody to yours? Well, that went over well. Um, begin to build family. And I mean that word. I don't use that loosely. It's family. And in order to do that, you've got to embrace one another and reach out to one another. And we can all be family in a general sense, but you can build a tighter network within, you know, the tribe of our tribe. Um, I can't be best friends with everybody. You know that. And some of you don't want to even be best friends with me. That's fine. But in the network of what you have going on in your world, pull some people close. It's why you join a team. Once you're on a team, you'll start to build relationships. And as you build relationships, you get to know a few people. I really like those people. Let's go out to lunch, right? Something along those lines. And you'll find that when, you, when you're packed together like that so, and you're being attacked by the enemy, there'll be people in your world that see that and will actually help you to navigate that and fight with you. Now, the, the enemies aren't just the devil. There are actually people in the world because of the demonic influences in their life, they will react negatively towards you. It's going to happen. Why, it's just the weirdest thing. Why do they hate me so much? They don't hate you. They hate the coat that you're wearing. Joseph experienced this in Scripture amongst his own brothers. And you're going to experience this. There's, there are some people in your world right now that are reacting horrifically and with uh, like acid when you come around. And, and why they pitted themselves against you, you've got to understand. It's because there's favor on your life. And that favor is a trigger for the venom that lives inside of them. Now, when I say they're your enemy, you gotta understand this. They are not your real enemy. They are not the enemy. They, they might be adversarial with you, but that's why we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And you know what? You're gonna have to maybe endure beyond them. We look, we look through what Paul experienced, him, him uh, and, and the team that he was with well, in the book of Acts chapter 16, they were doing ministry and there was this demon-possessed person in their world that kept following around them, proclaiming, uh, listen to these men of God, they have the message of salvation. Now that sounds like they're helping, right? Except for everywhere they go, the demons are announcing that Jesus is the son of God and they are his representatives. Actually, what they're doing, this, this, this what's going on, is they're distracting people from what should really be taking place, just ministry. You don't need this flags waved to be, oh, listen to this guy, and certainly doesn't need to be endorsed by a demon-possessed person. It's just, it's one of the enemy's distractions. And so what happened was Paul had enough of it, and he commanded the demons to get out of her, and they left. And then she became a true person embracing this great word of God and, and following Jesus. And so we see that there will be people in your world that will just, just start popping up. Occasionally, it's not everybody. And sometimes you have an enemy just because you were rude. Right? They gave you dirty looks because you were a jerk. It's not the devil. You know, sometimes you got to stand back and look at it from a 20-foot view and be like, oh, man, no wonder they don't like me. 
I was all about me. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. Okay, <laughs> move along. Okay, um, there will also be, not in this church, because this is the most perfect church ever in every way, I can assure you, including their pastor never exaggerates or lies. But in this church, in other churches, there will be, because of the favor of God on your life, there will be Christians who actually you experience enmity with because they are either bitter, insecure, jealous, or less gifted in an area than you. Now, some of that's just part of the maturing process, but you gotta, you gotta understand. And, and for as old as I am, I mean, I look great for 94 years old, and in the process of being in the church that long, I recognize when Christians start behaving like that, part of our, journey, our job as leaders is to disciple that person to help them see the reason why you're jealous. I'll just use a worship team example. This is not our worship team currently, but this person over here is side micing, and this person's in the middle, and they're leading the song, and they're doing all this stuff, and the side micer is like, how come I didn't get picked to sing the song? Not that this has ever happened in any church that you've ever been in. And there begins to be this, in this, uh, and so there would be a chipping away at that person, maybe inside conversations or dirty looks or stealing the batteries out of their microphone so they look dumb or whatever. But there will be people who are insecure or jealous, and they're going to push back. When I say that they're enemies, enemy in the Bible is just means somebody who's opposing you in what God has for you. I don't mean you have nuclear weapons and are bombing each other. I mean, there's just this adversarial push. Okay, I'm going to approach this part carefully, but there can also be enemies within your own family. Mm, why are you saying, mm, you want some of this? You mean mugging me? Don't make me, we'll take care of this after. All right, it's my son. Um, you can have enemies in your family, and it can happen because the favor of God on your life will amplify their lack of experiencing God's favor the way you are. That's all that's really going on in Joseph's life. When he puts this coat on, his dad makes him a special coat. In my mind, I'm picturing, you know, the big baggy pants and the big uh, MC hammer, like he's, he's out there, you know, it's just my version of the Old Testament. But he's wearing this amazing jacket that his entire family are you, are, are you making fun of me? Can't touch this. <laughs> Got a bum knee or I would, I would show you some moves right now. Get your money's worth this morning. Um, <laughs> he's, when he puts his coat on, his brothers don't have a coat. Now, the dad made the coat because it's a crazy story. Listen, everything that the Bible shares does not mean God endorses it. A lot of things going on in the Bible that just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean God's for it. And so Joseph's father, when he gets married, uh, gets tricked and ends up the first night with his wife-to-be's sister, and he gets tricked by the dad, and so then, you know, then we get a situation where there's two wives, and then nobody's having children, and so they get concubines going, and there's all these kids, and the original wife that his father married, the one that he loved passionately, she wasn't able to have kids until Joseph came along. And so there's this special affinity for this son, and there's this desire to show favor to this son. In showing favor to this son, understand that he, I know the way the Bible's worded, and, and sometimes it doesn't translate well into English, but he didn't hate his other sons. And they all had their own lane of favor. But this son had a different lane of favor, and for whatever reason, it showed very visibly. Some of you are favored in ways that no one else might even see. 
but you have somebody who has an anointing on their life to be able to sing and their favor just pours out. And you've got to understand that God has favor on your life that shows in a different way, but it is there. And to be honest with you, if all you can do is sing, that's not a bad thing. Well, it ain't going to make you, you know, maybe any money in a transaction. It's not going to feed your kids. It's a beautiful form of favor, but God's got multiple forms of favor on your life. And some of the ones that are hidden behind the scenes where you can actually like make your checkbook work. You're favored in finances. You're favored in relationships. Because you can have a great favor on your voice and no favor with people. So don't, don't hate the coat on somebody else and understand that that coat is on, when it's on you, it could cause people that are close in your world to have issues because it amplifies their lack of experience and experiencing the flow of God's favor. Now, these enemies that you're gonna have, they're allowed by God, not caused by God, but they should keep you on your toes because you don't wanna be lazy in, in stepping into favor. You've gotta be active. In the presence of enemies, it will keep you focused. It will keep you on your toes. It'll make you run after the Lord more. Without enemies, we sit back and we're lazy. When we got, a, when we got an enemy, we're like, oh God, come on, let's go, God. Oh yeah, and you press into the things of God. And so sometimes you need to thank God for your enemies because of the ones that keep you close to the Lord. That's good, right? Gets you reading your Bible like you should every day. Gets you praying every day like you should. Gets you praying in the spirit like you should. It gets you stirring up the coat, the internal coat, the Holy Spirit, so that you're making sure that's active because you're at war with something. So it will allow you to develop the strength you need, not only for where you are at, but there's a strength being developed for where your favor is gonna take you. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen, and you need the battle. It's the butterfly fighting its way out of the cocoon. Strength is developed in that adversity so that you can live up to all that God has called you to. Number two, um, favor comes with a refining process. Um, this is not a one and done. It's not say yes to following Jesus, and then you and I, now we're saved. We got this code of favor, and we just walk straight forward into heaven. There's a refining process to help you become the person that can stand in that coat of favor, wear it well, represent it well, function with it well, and be able to draw others to experience that same types of favor. You've been chosen on purpose for a purpose, but you are not who you need to be yet. You got it? We celebrate where you're at, the growth that's taken place. Some of you, I've known you for a long time. You are so amazing. I look out and I see Annie and Martin Jones, um, and I... I knew them when Jacob, this is hard to believe, when Jacob um, was about this tall. <laughs> really hard to believe. They, when I first came to Vancouver, they came to a kid's crusade. We put an a, a invitation on their door. And they showed up at the church, the old, old back community, 40-member church that we were in that was falling apart, smelled like cats, all kinds, you know, it was craziness. And I remember talking to Martin and the boy and, and their boys on the front steps. I think that night I had to, as part of the kids' crusade, I had to bob for apples in a jello pan. And I've got a picture of me out in the parking lot in the dark with jello all over my face and a crowd out there. And I think Martin's in that crowd with the boys. 
And there's been a lot of years between that meeting and this place. And I can tell you that that's two of the most amazing people that I know. And I've watched them walk through jungles and fires and life and their experiences and difficulties that they struggled with and some insecurities and past and future. And we've watched God show up every step of the way over and over and over and over. And if you get around either of them, they are a joy and a delight. Amen. But I want, to t- I want to tell you every step of the way is a little bit painful because transforming happens with high heat and a, it feels like a dull knife, not a razor blade. <laughs> because he's more shaving stuff off your life as opposed to cutting things off because he wants you to survive it. See, this coat requires a refining process in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, and we all with unveiled face, in other words, there's nothing blocking our view, we are able to look at the Lord. We behold the glory of the Lord. We come into our gathering today, and as we sing, you begin to see a little bit clearer glimpse of who God is, and when you do, it begins the process of transforming you into his image from one degree of glory to another, or in other words, a step at a time. There's been some phone calls at 8 o'clock at night from Martin. Oh, boy, pastor. Guess what I did? Guess what's, no, I'm not telling you. It's none of your business. <laughs> Guess what happened to me? Guess what? I just got a job. Guess what? I just got promoted. There's been a step at a time. There's a fight at a time. I got a new job, but they won't let me come to church on Sundays, right? And so there's a process of being transformed of the first time of stepping into kids' church to help lead our kids. And then there's the stepping into it and realizing you're functioning in one of your aspects of your coat of favor in children's lives. My kids are deeply impacted by Mr. Magic Martin Jones. <laughs> All the kids of our church have had that, those fingerprints on their lives because of the fun that throughout the years he's been able to, to, to inject into kids' church. And so there's a transforming process so that that can happen. There will be obstacles and challenges and some deserts that will transform you. But again, those, they will identify the things that need to be removed in your, from your life that are hindering you from fully stepping into your purpose and all of God's favor in that. It will draw you again to seek the source of the favor even more as you're being transformed because you're in pain or it's struggle and you'll call out on God and you'll get closer to him because that's really what it's about. And as that happens, you'll develop the strength and the toolbox needed for later on down the road and the stages of favor that you will occupy. Number three. Oh, Pastor Steve, you're just cranking right along today. That's right, I am. Okay. Um, favor also comes with a life of service. It just is. I mean, you're, the favor is on, let me say it this way. The favor on you really isn't about you. You get to enjoy it. Tyler's verse today was so good. The concept of that scripture is that when God pours things into your life, you will enjoy them, but they ain't for you. My money, I get to enjoy it, but it's not mine. It, it's got to flow through me. Uh, my position, my giftings, my knowledge, it's, I get to enjoy it. It's been given to me for my enjoyment, but I don't own it. It passes through me and needs to go to other people. And so that means you're just going to have a lifetime of service. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be in a coal mine with a hammer and you know, sweating with no food for you know, months on an end. Service is not necessarily that, but it is you and other people and giving of your time and building them one Lego block 
as you go. Some of it will happen in a professional context. Some of it will happen in a church context. But you're taking of the favor that God has given you, and you're pushing it into other people's lives. Um, you know, here we see in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, Jesus talking about um, this idea of, of how to become great or how to really step into the full, um, the full flow of your favor. And he says, as you do that, whoever would be great among you, it's going to require serving. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. In that process, let me just warn you, as you serve people, people will hurt you. Keep serving. In that process, people will attack you. Keep serving. In the process, people will lie about you. Not in this church, but in other churches, okay? Or other, other circles. You're, we're, we're all, we have bulletproof vests. None of this happens to us. But I'm just going to put it out there for someone on the internet who might watch this. They might have some challenges. Uh, people will lie about you. Keep on serving. People will question your motives. Keep on serving. People will say your leadership is lousy. I actually had somebody tell me one day that Pastor Rowena, they were working with her at the time, is the absolute worst leader I've ever worked with in my life. And I did, oh, listen, this is what I, we're going to serve then. I, do you know Superfly Snooka? Stand there, I'm coming. And held it back. I said, quite honestly, I don't believe she would be the worst that you've ever worked with. And then I muttered some things under my breath that were unheard because I knew some of the people in his world and in his family. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud, I promise you. So anyways, um, and those of you who have worked with Rowena, She's an excellent leader, right? And she has her str exceptionally strong giftings. I mean, if you're having a problem with your iPhone, maybe that's not the person to go to. But if you need any, any understanding of your child, your grandchild, and education, yeah. It's like the child whisperer. Super. Okay, people, will, uh, people say your leadership is lousy. Keep on serving. Uh, people will fall back into addiction and sin after you've been serving them. Keep on serving. Just keep on serving, keep on serving, keep on serving, keep on serving. Amen? Okay, favor is something for you to enjoy, but it was never about you. It was about the people that you ultimately serve. Favor will also come with some common trappings. Uh, I think this is one of the reasons why God has given you friends and especially has given you leaders over your life, um, people who live their lives on the internet or who only come as, as uh, consumers to a church and never really step fully into relationship. There are people who come to this church and I'm not your pastor yet. I'm just a guy talking. And if all I am is that, that's great. That's an that's a, that's a introduction but you need to go beyond that because you will not be able to fully have the New Testament experience without identifying someone as leader because um, it's important to have someone who's leading you so they can cheer you on. And also, when you begin to fall into some of these trappings, because your mom's going to tell you you're amazing always, and uh, maybe not, uh, but there's always going to be somebody's going to cheer you on, even if you were walking off a cliff. Oh, God just wants you to be happy. That's not his first concern. In fact, your discomfort might be what he's after so that you'll straighten up. But to have people in your life that will help you with these common trappings requires you to step under covering. I've had my pastor correct me. It's a wonderful experience. 
And the good thing is he's done it, the truth, he's shared the truth with me in love. And so though it stings, I know it has a loving origin and he really wants not his best for him. I know there's some leaders who have manipulated you and they wanted their best. But hopefully you could see over time that here we want your best and if you experience your best, we collectively will experience our best, right? It will require you because these are common trappings that happen to a lot of people who put on this code of favor. If you have somebody, people in your world who, who help to lead you, maybe they're not as smart as you, maybe they're not as gifted as you in some areas, but because God has given them authority to help you to become the disciple that you need to be. Again, if you're listening to me online and you're not plugged into the church, I can't like go to you and specifically have that conversation and no one in this room can. But as we commit to walking together, when you, when you raise your hand and say, I'm in, Pastor Steve. This is my church. You're my pastor. I can't wait for all that God has for me. Let's build the church together. That gives me permission to have some of those challenging discussions. Good ways to help you, to help you say, hey, listen, the words you're using, make it sound like God doesn't want the best for you. I'm afraid to pray and ask God for that. I feel like I should just be had this conversation with someone, this person didn't say it this way, but they really have learned to live with what they have. And it's tight, it's like squeaky in the situation they're dealing with it. Said, well, we can always make it work. And we talked about this idea, but should you? Does your father in heaven want that for you? It's like, I know it's hard to like lean forward like that. Come on, let's lean together. That's the type of conversation I'm talking about. Because if you're not plugged in, you're just a consumer attender, you'll get what you can after, but there's no personal conversation for somebody to be able to say, God's got more for you. And those are the types of good conversations that keep you from these common trappings. You know, uh, the disciples kind of felt, found themselves in a common trapping. In Mark 9, they were arguing about which one of them was the most amazing. And we laugh at that. But sometimes we walk into a room because our coat begins to show. Man, I look good. Just imagine it. I know it's hard, but I look good. Got my little coat of favor on here. Just sang a song. And boy, I saw grandma back there crying. My favor is just pouring out. And we begin to think that somehow we knit this thing together ourselves. And we put it on and we fill it out and ain't nobody else got anything even close to this. In fact, thank God that I'm here with my coat because without my coat, we would be coatless. In fact, if I leave, y'all are in trouble because you ain't got no coat. And while you laugh at that, there are people who actually think that. There's been people in leadership positions in churches who think that. They've been on a platform, on a team, thinking like, I'm the thing, I'm the glue that holds this all together. No, you're not. There's one glue that holds it all together. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And that, those, that's a common trapping that happened to the disciples and who had to show up and bust some heads. Jesus, in a loving way, but he uses other leaders to do that same type of thing. Sometimes we think it's all about me and my ministry, or we get into this whole thing where our whole world revolves around me. Oh, you can't believe what happened to me this week. Oh, pray for me. Oh, I've got a special need. And you never ask anybody else, hey, how do you need prayer? And yet God helps us to get out of that. Those are common trappings. 
uh, we, we assume one of the common trappings is that because we have this coat, God is pleased with everything in our life. You can have a coat of favor and still have some stuff that needs to get fixed. In fact, you can operate in that coat of favor and be leading into some sin over here. We see that all over the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. You see it in modern day. Somebody who has an incredible coat of favor and yet they're over here involved with something they should not be in that will damage that coat. And one of the best ways that you can avoid that is have leaders in your life who will challenge your ridiculousness. Because we don't start over in that dark place. We start with an attitude. It's like, ah, I did pretty good today. How many likes did I get for my picture online? Oh, I got more likes than she did. Oh, yeah, yeah, see my coat. (laughs) You begin to feel entitled. Like the rules, they don't really apply to you because you're special. That's the problem we got in politics today and in our government. Rules don't apply to me. Listen, if the rules don't apply to you, they shouldn't apply to anybody. If I was in charge, we all follow the same rules, right? We all have, yeah, don't get, uh, I'll get off track. Entitlements. Listen, you and I, you know what we deserve? Death and hell. Jesus came so that we didn't, right? Not entitled to anything, but I get to enjoy all things because of his goodness. Stand with me. We could get into the trapping that um, I can never make a mistake because I have a coat on. God's gonna bless all of my actions just because I'm wearing a coat. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. You are highly favored. And you are well equipped to stand up underneath that coat, to wear it. And regardless of earthly enemy or challenge or struggle to be refined, you're gonna wear that coat. I'm looking around the room, I see some some of your coats are showing. Jackson, your coat showed last week. Pastor Rowena was back in the classroom and was mentioning some help that she needed, but she wasn't asking anybody for help. And she turned around and you do this a lot. You solved the problem that she had and she didn't ask you, you just did it kind of because that's kind of how you're wired. Your coat is showing, amen? (laughs) Jackson's like, Jackson's like, do I clap? These guys are, do I clap too? (laughs) Hey Jackson, we love you, we're proud of you. Okay, super proud of you. Your coat is showing. Oh, your coat's showing. Let's make it a practice to brag on one another when we see your coat showing. Tyler, your coat was showing this morning. Don't lose the humor. Dry humor. Don't be afraid to, to show the imperfections. It's inspiring to other people. Men? Okay, hand over your heart. We're gonna sing one last song. Worship team is gonna do their thing. We're gonna sing another song? We ready to go? Yeah? I'm ready to go. You guys ready to go? Your coat's showing, by the way, just so you know, okay. All right. Father, we lay our hands. And I'm not gonna close my eyes. I'm gonna look at you. Lord, I lay my hands on this coat you gave me. Undeserving, but very real noticeable, effective. Father, it's on our lives. We step into a relationship with you, that favor is there. Jesus said he was here to proclaim the 
year of the Lord's favor. Started his ministry that way. And so we embrace this code of favor. Help us to lean into it. Help us to appreciate it. Help us to navigate and grow strong in it so that we can accomplish all that you set us in place to accomplish. Lord, help us not to fall into the common trappings that others would fall into. We embrace all that you have for us. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. come on, nice and loud. Everyone said, Amen. One more time. Everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.